，你是哪些生来源？所， we're gonna do our best to hold me together this show. Oh well, I ended up having a good day, and I welcome you all to the magical hour of vacuuming here in the media center. When I walked in after curling, I usually go to a, a desk that has a pillar in front of it to help block sound. Well, somebody was sitting in the exact seat I wanted. I chose another pillar and another seat, but it's cold over there because I found I found where the I found where warmish air blows on you. It's not necessarily warm. It will feel warm in times because when you're really cold, anything feels warm, and、um, it happens to be right where the vacuumers are at right now. So we'll have a little bit extra vacuuming, and and I understand that people weren't hearing it before because I I worked hard to reduce the noise factor. I might reduce the noise a little on this because it's loud. Because people in the Facebook group were kind of excited to hear the vacuum, so I do have something I want to show you, and I realize everybody can't see it, but my credentials were、oh, oh, the arrived yesterday,、that's、so、beautiful. it is official. They're letting me into the country. I do need to publicly apologize to my UPS driver <laughs> because I got the notice that it was out for delivery. My desk front window. And I saw that truck pull up, and I ran out there, and I was a little too excited. Oh, it's here! It's here! It's here! And he handed me the envelope, and then quickly backed away back to his truck. <laughs> so thank you for tolerating my excitement. It was a very, very big deal to get this envelope yesterday. So thank you, UPS, and thank you to my driver, whose name I don't know. He probably likes it better that way. Probably true, and I have actually chased this same driver around the block once because he left me a, a you know, a Nita signature thing. So I think he worries every time now when he sees the address come up. <laughs> you know, we're gonna jump right to since you've got a, a, your accreditation and we're on the topic of accreditation. I've got a beef. Oh, do I have a beef? So today, an accreditation I, beef. Oh yes, I have an accreditation beef. So I have been wondering what happened to me in the period between the Olympics and Paralympics, especially when I found out that the main media center shuts down for an entire week. And I asked about it and got an answer. Actually, we got a document because other people were asking about it too. They're all like, "Hey, we're in your boat." And what happens is that on February twenty third, my Olympic accreditation is no longer valid. Now that would be great if I had my Paralympic accreditation in my hand, but it is not in my hand. It is with the USOPC representative who is currently in New York with Paralympic people, and will be coming to Beijing, arriving February twenty seventh, which means I probably wouldn't get it until February twenty eighth. So. I don't know how I'm going to get my tests registered to the right number. 
uh, my health monitoring I can do because it's in the app and they've already switched me over to my Paralympic number. I'm not allowed to use the buses anymore after the 23rd. They've said in this document that the if you want transportation, you can take the games taxi and you have to pay for it. And I said right back, I don't think this is fair because I'm here and you sent my accreditation to the United States. You could have just left it here for me. And I'm sure everybody else who I, I don't understand why are they not? I, I just I do wonder if the Paralympics and the Olympics people do not talk to each other. I don't know if the main people involved change hands or what's happening or if Paralympics accreditation and Olympics accreditations were two in two different silos and nobody said, oh, hey, some people might be covering both of these. Why don't we cross-reference our lists and put those aside and figure out how to get them to people here? But no, mine went back to the United States only to sit there and now it's got to come back here. And I don't know if I'll be sitting in a hotel room. What I'd like to be doing is taking one of those private tours. Listener Dan hyped us too. That's my other Beijing beef right now. So there was an NPR article where an NPR reporter who, like you, is in the closed loop, got on this secret closed loop personnel tour of the Great Wall. Yeah, they blocked off part of the Great Wall so that these people could go. And some journalists got to go. I guess they've had multiple tours. And you have to be in the know to find out how to get in this one. So now I've got to work on doing that too. Like I really thought maybe during the time between the Olympics and Paralympics, they'd have somebody who'd go, oh, hey, if you're staying, we can organize a tour. We can figure something out instead of letting you fester in your hotel rooms for a couple of weeks. But yeah, I'm not thrilled today about the organization. So hopefully they can make some changes because they have made positive changes in other areas like transportation. So there's out in the mountains, they put up bus shelters. They do have announcements on the buses now to tell you what stop this is. Sometimes they run them. Sometimes they don't out in the mountains. It was great because they'll say the next stop is, and then a list of acronyms and none of that sounds like national biathlon center. Not even the acronym. It's all ZBTZCZVG421, whatever. But you still have to look out the window to go, where am I in the grand scheme of things? <laughs> Anyhow, that's enough beefing for right. Do you have feed beefs to go with this or no? I do not have feed beefs, but because I have figured out the NBC feed issue. Oh, okay. That's good. So I will share this with everyone. If you are watching something live and it ends and they kick you out there because it, it seems to be a different technical side for when it's a replay versus when it's the live feed. Oh, so if it finishes and you're not finished, you can go back. You got to wait a few minutes until it turns over into a replay and then just go back in, scroll over, and go back to where you were. It happened to me yesterday in figure skating, and I said, I can't believe I'm going to miss the final group. I went out. I could not get into the replay. I waited maybe two or three minutes, and then I could get into the replay. So if you get kicked out of a live event, give it a couple minutes, 
reload the page and then go back in. This is, of course, only in the United States, but the same issue may be true of other broadcasters because it seems like it's a technical issue rather than truly an NBC issue. Yeah, that that makes sense. Once you say that, it's kind of like, oh, they probably have to stop the tape, process something, and then reload it into the system as a replay. So that makes perfect sense. I'm glad you figured that out. I'm sure that's across the board how it works. All right, let's move on to what officiating or volunteer job would you like to do? What do you have here today? So in all the Alpine races, when somebody crosses the finish line, they get a little fanfare. And Book Club Claire pointed this out to me. It's this little automated trumpet, do, 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 and everybody gets it. It doesn't matter if they're in the lead or if they're in last place. Everyone gets this little fanfare for crossing the finish line. And you know what that means? That means there is a volunteer hitting a button on a soundboard, which we've discovered I love to do. (laughs) So I want to be hitting that soundboard button for everybody's fanfare. I just love the fact that they have a fanfare for getting down the mountain. (laughs) That amuses me to no end. That's fantastic. When, when we get to men's slalom, it, people deserve to that fanfare today. Oh, oh boy. Man versus mountain. Somebody's not winning today. All right. How is our fan? Oh, wait. What I would want to do is over, I would say if I was working in a, a volunteering in a venue, I would like to be the people in charge of the mixed zone assignments. So what happens is you have to go to a special desk and say, I would like to get into the mixed zone. And they take your name and your publication down and what country you're from. And then they say, okay. And they have so many slots in the mixed zone. And maybe 30 minutes before the race starts, you get the, the list gets posted like you went to an audition for a high school theater our community theater production and you go and you see if your name's on the list it takes several university students some effort to put this list together so there's reading the name you know reading that because of course they're reading english and spelling english stuff and trying to find it on the keyboards and it's very much you feel like you've gotten behind the wall or something once you get into the mix zone so i would like to be in charge of that wall What I thought was also funny, and you posted a picture of this on Twitter, and then we reposted it in the Facebook. The sticker you get for getting in the mix zone is just a handwritten, hello, my name is, name tag. Yeah, pretty much. It's not like fancy or printed. It's just someone took a Sharpie and said, oh, yay, you you win this lottery this week. That is correct. And then in the mix zone, there's slots, but they're usually for the press part. The The front row is always broadcast and they're set up way ahead of time. And I got to tell you, okay, because I'll forget this later. In the mountains, it's like four degrees Celsius. It's really cold today. And the broadcasters are out in their front line. And I look in front of me because I was in the second line of mixed zone people and we're organized by country. And there's a guy wearing shorts. (laughs) And I just thought, how can you possibly be wearing shorts in this weather? But, you know, it's one of those people that they run hot. Is he a middle school boy? He he looked like he could be. (laughs) He just had a big growth spurt. Okay, 
let's move on to Fantasy League. Where are we at today? Okay, Raf Q is still on top at 284. Sholastan uh, is 278. Monkey Cat is 275. The early leaders from last week, Piascola, Einerson, and DLN, are still in the top 10, so they can make a comeback. I have slipped slightly to 18. Jill, I know you said you forgot to put in your uh, team yesterday, but you are still holding at 49th. I will take it. I'm happy with that. How are you doing against your sister? I'm beating her. Okay. Well, that's, you know, even though you've fallen, if you're, st- you're still reaching your goal, that's pretty good. Uh, we have a little bit of follow-up file today. Yes. So yesterday, shockingly, I got my Russian girls confused and I said Trusova stumbled and Sherbakova fell. It was the opposite. So Trusova fell and Sherbakova stumbled. So I wanted to correct that. I also wanted to add to, we talked a little bit about how Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir, the American commentators, have been responding to the Valieva doping scandal. And it seemed at first Tara was being a little soft. Yesterday, she was not being soft at all. She came out very strongly saying, positive positive test is a positive test. We should not be seeing Valieva skate. Was that the Mike Tirico interview? Like, they had a nine-minute clip on Twitter. You don't put nine-minute clips on Twitter. Yes. So before the short program, they did a studio session with Tirico, Tara Lipinski, and Johnny Weir. And Johnny and Tara just unloaded. They are angry. They are hurt. They are confused. Tara used all those words. Neither one of them made much of any comment during Valieva's per, uh, performance. It was almost like they took a knee and didn't commentate, for lack of a better word. To, they did not comment during the program. And at the end, Johnny Weir says, all I can say is that was the Olympic short program of Camilla Valieva. Wow. Absolutely pulling no punches. And in the American press, Skaters from around the world are just coming out firing. Adam Rippon, of course, has always been outspoken. He's Mariah Bell's coach and an Olympian himself. He's furious, and he said so. But the skaters themselves are talking about how angry they are, how wrong this decision is, how much of a joke this competition has become because Valieva's on the ice. And usually, especially the female figure skaters, are very demure. They don't get political. And they are just coming out on this one. And it's fantastic. Well, good for them. Now, you have to tell me, because I haven't been online very much today in in the sense of being able to look up other stuff. I've been tweeting and being on the book. But what's the deal with her grandfather's medication? So what was claimed in the hearing was that something she took that is legal became contaminated with her grandfather's heart medication, which is the illegal substance. It makes absolutely no sense unless they're claiming that she took it in error. Like, oh, my grandfather takes this medication. It's a little yellow pill. I take this vitamin. It's a little yellow pill. And I took the wrong thing. 
only problem is now they have found three heart medications in her sample. Whoa. Two are legal. The one is illegal, but they all do the same thing. They increase oxygen in your blood, would all enhance endurance. So the idea that this is contamination or a mistake is getting less and less viable. Wow. Okay. So two legal heart medications, one illegal. It sounds almost like there's a cocktail effect going on where we could just layer these on together to give you more endurance in the legal limits. Yes. And uh, listener Meredith, who is our resident skating expert, was telling me a story yesterday. We were communicating on Facebook that this is nothing new that there were rumors that Alina Zagitova, the gold medalist from 2018, was also getting doped. So this is nothing new. Just like with the Carolis, the stories have been around for years. And I think that's why everybody is so angry. We all knew this was happening. Nobody got caught. But here's something the IOC came out with today, and I loved this one. They have announced that if Valieva is on the podium, it will be considered a provisional result. So in their official report, it will have an asterisk. Wow. So the IOC, unfortunately, has its hands tied because of the Court of Arbitration for Sport. They made a decision, and the ISU and the IOC are doing what they can to say, we are not okay with this decision. Wow. Wow. That's just, it's just bananas, the whole situation. And it's just, okay. So you asked yesterday what they would say in the papers here today about the skating, right? So I just ran and grabbed the China Daily. That's what we get here for, they lay it out every day. We have an English language version and there's a Chinese language version as well. So I pulled those for today. In the English language version, there is no mention of the figure skating at all. Wow. Yeah. In the Chinese language version, there are some pictures of the top three. And there's also a picture of Li Zhu. The, the Chinese, the, is that her name? Did I get it right? Yes. Okay, thank you. She also, because she's for China, they said something about her. But it looks like, I'll, I'll try to do a little Google Translate on the text, but it kind of looks like it's a recap. More so, that because it, it looks like the pages, the way they've laid out, it looks like recapping the action. Not necessarily talking about the issue. So this is very interesting bringing some paper home anyway was i early uh, that's okay <laughs> i get excited for hitting the button sadly saw a note that there has been word of a positive test here in uh, beijing this is for cross-country skier valentina kaminska from ukraine she has tested positive for alabionic anabolic androgenic steroid on also a stimulant she is provisionally suspended until the resolution of the matter. And that means she's prevented from competing, training, coaching, or participating in any activity during the rest of the Olympics. She is allowed to appeal this decision. 
So I do not know much more about this. It's just something I saw quickly came across the boards today. So we will keep our eyes open for any other information. Uh, let's move into today's action, starting with alpine skiing. Men's slalom competition took place today. Gold went to Clement Noel from France. Silver went to Johannes Stroltz from Austria. And bronze went to Sebastian Foss Solivag from Norway. You watched this. I watched this. And, you know, we talk about men versus the mountain. This was men versus the course. Really? This was a tough course. People weren't crashing. They were straddling gates. They were sliding out. I'm not sure if it was because of the conditions, but I will say it. there was a lot of snow flying around when they would hit the edges. So a lot of times slalom ski, uh, skiers, from what Tom Kelly told us, like a harder course, an icier course that they can really carve into. This looked like it was soft. So I think that caused a lot of the sliding out. So there were 36 uh, skiers who were out on run one, seven on run two. Then there was a wait, whole wait. bunch. How many were left at that point? I know there were a lot. There were a lot of skiers in this race. And then there was a whole bunch who finished the course, you know, got back on. They bounced out or they slid out and then got back on and finished the course. Okay. So that those numbers don't even quite give you the whole story of there were top skiers who were nowhere near the mix. Wow. But here's the one I wanted to mention. Poor Sterla Snare Sorensen from Iceland. He got hit with a gate <gasps> in an unfortunate spot. Oh, no. And the poor announcer said, oh, he seems to have gotten hit in the midriff there. <laughs> and what's so upsetting was on international television, this poor man is sprawled out on the snow and we all know what happened to him. There's a universal facial expression when this kind of accident happened. And wow, the, the poor guy. So will we see this on Olympics Funniest Home Videos? It would definitely be the trailer for it. Oh, well, what a shame. This is the mountain, man. It's really getting people. These courses, the way they are laid out, are extremely difficult. And the skiers are not familiar with this mountain or these conditions. And it is absolutely showing. And that's really tough. And in a way, it's a test of how well they can navigate a new course versus what they're used to in all of the other stops on the tour. But in another way, it doesn't seem right that so many people are not able to do this just because of lack of knowledge of this particular geography. And what will be so fun in 2026 is it'll be at Cortina, which is a World Cup stop. All the skiers will know that mountain very intimately. So I think we will get much better races four years from now, just because conditions may be tough, but these are people who are going to know that mountain. Okay. Moving over to biathlon. We had the women's four by six kilometer relay today. Gold went to Sweden. Silver went to ROC and bronze went to Germany. Oh man, this was tough. I went out for this race and it was, 
you know, I got there and it was a, it's a beautiful sunny day, feeling great. The mountains are nice. And I'm thinking, okay, I think the U.S. can get bronze today. I really had that feeling like we can get bronze. We can do it. And Susan Dunkley starts off and she is doing great. The U.S. started in like 10th spot, I think. And she, after the first shooting, she was clean and left the shooting first. She was first out of the prone. And then in the, the standing shooting, she was clean again and was within the top five. And then she skied past me in my, where the, the press tribune was. And there's a, a small hill that you have to go up. And she just bonked. And she just could not move and could not move. And skiers are flying past her. And it's just like, oh no, what happened? So she tags off to Claire in like 18th place. And Claire, of course, is is putting the, the pedal to the metal, trying to catch up. And she does better and catches them up in skiing, but her shooting was pretty abysmal. And she, she was not happy with her shooting because she ended up in, in this race. What happens is you get your five shots there in a magazine. Then if you miss any, you get three extra bullets that you have to hand load. So that takes a little bit of time. If you go through all three of those bullets and you still haven't knocked down your five targets, then you go to the penalty loop. And she ended up in the penalty loop for one of her rounds of shooting. And so she actually went through the mix zone. I was, I'm impressed that she did this and was very honest and blunt with me about how she felt. That tape might be on the end of this episode. We'll see if I've got, I can pull it together for you. She did send another a message to, to me, both on Twitter and through email, apologizing because she didn't mean, she was, didn't mean to sound rude, but she was just like, that's the way I felt right then. And she was very hot and very upset. She was upset about how her Olympics ended. It started really great, ended not where she wanted to be. And this is the second one that's happened. And it it's made me sad for her and sad for the team. They ended up finishing 11th, which was nice. But it's still not where they could have been and not where, obviously, they wanted to be. And this really team's been really good. The altitude and the conditions have affected the cross-country skiers and the biathletes in ways that they expected but could, but could not train for. A lot of them did high-altitude training. They did extreme cold training. But it seems like the number of days, the number of races in the altitude and the conditions are wearing on them in a way that they couldn't prepare for. Right. And I and I wonder if even the Chinese are prepared for this. Because, of course, they're on the World Cup circuit. So they're not necessarily at home. And they're finishing about where they usually finish. Which is actually not that bad for uh, a country that is relatively new to the sport. And it, it, you hear them the, the athletes talk about losing finger dexterity. Gun's not working. Bullets getting stuck. Have, how many layers can we put on? What else can we wear? You know, do we have special gloves that we can use? And they're all bundled up. They're all wearing moleskin. And I know when that moleskin comes out, it's not a good day. It's a tough, tough day. And just, I can't imagine uh, me standing out there is cold. And I know that they're getting warm. They're really warm because they're working. But like once they stop, they got 
probably freeze really quickly because they're all sweaty. And the announcers on the feed today were talking about how they've spoken to several of the top biathletes and biathletes are forgetting their races. Oh, really? In other words, they are not getting enough oxygen while they are racing. And after the race, they have no memory of it. Jeez Louise. So this is not... We were worried about this. We were worried about conditions throughout. But I hope we take this into consideration as we keep awarding these Winter Games. This was not an appropriate location for a Winter Games. We no. put the athlete's health at risk. Uh, and I, I would definitely agree with you on this. I think the weather, whatever these acceptable conditions are, and maybe that's something to put on our to-do list for understanding it, they aren't acceptable to be out here and having close to zero degrees Celsius or below having wind chills that are really bad. It, it, you can't put people in this and expect them to have, expect them to have a good time, but even expect to have like the best condition of race that you want even though the course is really lovely and from a spectator's point of view, it's great. It's not good to have these races and have all of them be in freezing conditions. Well, I mean like really, I mean, super, super cold conditions, dangerously. Like, obviously it's the winter Olympics. We're going to be cold. It's going to be yeah. snowy. It's going to be windy, but there's appropriate and there's inappropriate. And it'll be very interesting to see with the Paralympics because they have much narrower parameters for temperature and wind conditions that are allowed for the athletes. If we see a lot of postponed races, a lot of moved races and having to make these changes that they probably should have done for mm -hmm. the Olympics because they were talking a lot about the IBU parameters and mm -hmm. temperature ratings and they were just kissing the edge. And the Paralympics yeah. doesn't play when it comes to protecting its athletes. And it'll be interesting to see what the outcome of that. Before we leave biathlon, I want to put a little happy note on there. Yesterday, you mentioned the Oberg sisters. Mm -hmm. And Elvira has been doing so well. And Hannah has been kind of a, a non-factor. She had a great race today. <laughs> <laughs> she was very instrumental in Sweden getting that gold medal. That's so part yeah. of the Oprah house. Very true. Hey, back on that, the health thing, one other bit. This is something I haven't been able to follow up on yet. Switzerland pulled out in the first leg of the race because of circulation issues, blood circulation issues. And it's just like, that's something you don't normally see. So, hey, maybe uh, Valieva can help them with that. Oh, snap. Okay, let's move on to cross country. We had the men's and women's team sprint classic final races. For the women, gold went to Norway, silver went to Finland, and bronze went to ROC. I don't have anything on this. We'll have to look because I heard that this is, was a doozy of a race. But I don't have any details on it. So if you. Yeah, I was just watching it before we came in, and I know it was close. 
and the U.S. and Jesse Diggins were in it, but didn't end up on the podium. But yeah, I think this is definitely one to uh, go back and rewatch if you haven't caught it yet. Moving over to curling, we had more round robin today. All right, for the we had men's and women's round robin. In the men's side, China defeated Switzerland six to five. Great Britain defeated ROC eight to six, and Italy beat Denmark ten to three. Italy is coming back out of nowhere because they were just losing most of their first games, and now they've just been roaring back. That's a resounding win for them. So in the men's standings, Great Britain and Sweden are seven and one. Canada is five and three. Those three teams have qualified to move on to the knockout round. U.S. is four and four. China is and ROC are both four and five. Italy and Norway and Switzerland are three and five, and Denmark is one and seven. Okay, and then we had the women's round robin. They had two sessions today. So in the first, Canada beat USA seven to six. Switzerland beat Korea eight to four. China defeated Great Britain eight to four. And then in the second, Korea beat Denmark eight to seven. Japan beat USA ten to seven in nine ends. ROC beat Sweden eight to five, and China beat Canada. Let me look up the score. This went to extra ends. It was super exciting. China won 11 to 9. And you've got the standings. I have the standings for the women's tournament. Switzerland is on top. Seven wins, one loss. Sweden is at 6 and 2. Japan is at 5 and 3. Korea and Great Britain and Canada are all 4 and 4. The United States and China are four and five. Denmark is two and six, and ROC is one and seven. So I did get to go to the last session. I was a little bit late, but I got in. I got to see the Garlic Girls play. That was great. It was great that they won. And their game was really back and forth. It'd be one per, one team was ahead, tied, the other team get ahead. And it really came down to the last rock and having the hammer and that really sealed the deal for, for uh, Korea. Uh, Japan, ooh, wow, did they do a number on the USA. The, um, I think they had one with a, a five-end, five-point end. Yeah, yeah, it was one of those games where they just, and then the USA would come back, and then Japan would just blow them away again. And I was sitting next to a, a Japanese journalist who kept clapping a little bit. <laughs> During the, during the thing, I knew who around me who was like, oh, you're watching that game, huh? I'm here for Korea. <laughs> the journalist, you can't help it. You know, we've talked about this before. At some points, you you do become from your country again. <laughs> Moving over to freestyle skiing, we had the men's freestyle, free ski slope style today. Gold went to Alex Hall from USA. Silver went to Nick Geppert from USA. And bronze went to Jesper Jader from Sweden. And then they also had the men's aerials today. Gold went to Ji uh, Guangpu from China. Silver went to Alexander Abramenko, Abramenko from Ukraine. And bronze went to Ilya Borov from ROC. So now China has won both the women's and the men's aerials. And we talked yesterday about how we hope that spurs China on to use that facility more. And that is a continuation of kind of their diving and gymnastics tradition. So you can't do better 
than winning both aerials competitions. They didn't win the team. The U.S. won the team, but I believe they medaled in the team. So you've got the heroes for the Chinese kids to emulate. You've got a man and a woman, so you can pick pick your poison, so to speak. And it would be great to see that facility get utilized. Yeah. So yesterday was the women's slope style. And sure enough, the replays were all Eileen Gu and that competition because she just, you know, she got silver and that's her second medal of these games. She's got another event coming up and she is just now getting to be everywhere there. She's in tons of commercials. So uh, she's, they're just playing those in heavy rotation and now her uh, slope style. So it'll be interesting to see. I bet tomorrow morning in my repeat before the daily coverage begins, I will be watching aerials for breakfast. <laughs> Moving over to ice hockey, we had the men's playoff quarterfinals. Oh boy. You know, I was in the biathlon venue media center when the Slovakia USA game finished and there's all these people from the Czech Republic glued to the TV <laughs> And I'm sitting there and I'm kind of watching and doing some editing. And I guess the USA Biathlon Press attache was behind me because they were like, oh, hey, I'm the only one cheering for the U.S. in this room. And everyone's kind of looking at me <laughs> like, wait, I'm there. I'm there, too. But USA was up two to one. And within the last minute, Slovakia got a goal to tie it. So it went to overtime, no score, went to a shootout. Slovakia got a goal in the fourth shootout and then shut USA down after that. So tough break, tough break for the USA. I, I will say it's countered by the fact that one of the people I interact with on Twitter, it might've been a listener, John posted a video of little kids in Slovakia at their early morning hockey practice glued to the TV and then going bananas when Slovakia won. I will take that because I bet that means a whole lot to them to have their country advance that far. So other games in this were ROC defeated Denmark 3-1 to and Finland beat Switzerland 5-1. to What happened in the Canadian game? Oh, Canada. Canada lost. Canada lost to Sweden. Two to zero. Yes. Yes, two to zero. Men, this happened. It ended right before we, we got on the line. And that second goal was an empty net goal. And Canada just did not have anything in the tank today. That was a shocker. So that women's USA-Canada game takes on that much more importance since both the Canadian men and the Canadian and the American men are out of the competition. Yeah, it really does. So I am looking forward to uh, seeing that tomorrow for sure. And then in the women's bronze medal game, Finland defeated Switzerland four to zero. So Finland, and I've been talking about the Finns, are going to be on the medal stand. Good for them. Good for them. You know what that means. Cake. Cake. I will have a Swiss roll cake in their honor. 
You can't have a Swiss roll for the Finns. Come on. It's the only cake I have access to. They had like cheesecake and tiramisu, and I haven't seen that lately. Well, I also haven't been in the dining hall, but um, there's not much there's not much cake around here. Should we talk about red envelope? We should talk about red envelope. So it is our red envelope campaign going on. This helps fund the show to get us through to Paris 2024. Right now, all of your generosity has been so kind, and we really appreciate it. The uh, We are getting close to covering operating co- costs for a good chunk of the two and a half years that leads up to Paris, and that will help us find, give us the resources to find ways to make the show better and do more things with it so we really appreciate your generosity so far if you haven't given and you appreciate what we've done for you these last uh, couple of weeks you can donate at flamealipod.com slash support and find more out find out more there we are asking for uh, multiples of eight dollars or sorry we're asking for at least $8 in donations because 8 is a lucky number here in China, symbolizing good fortune. So thank you all for your support. Moving over to the short track for speed skating, we had the women's 1500 meter competition today as well as the men's 5000 meter relay. For the relay, gold went to Canada, silver went to Korea, and bronze went to Italy. And then in the women's 1500 meter, who gold went to Ming Jung Choi from Korea, silver went to Ariana Fontana from Italy, and bronze went to Suzanne Schultings from Netherlands. Oh, this and must have been good. This was a good race. Suzanne Schulting is the defending world champion at this distance. And your girl, Ariana Fontana. Another medal for this woman. She's she's the best there ever was in short track, to be sure. And it's Ming Jiang Choi. The Koreans cry when they win, and I love them. <laughs> I think because Korea has this very strong tradition in short track, they feel the pressure the way the Dutch long track speed skaters feel, where yes. they're expected to win. They're expected to achieve. So the pressure must be enormous on the Korean short track uh, speed skaters. So to see her get that gold medal was a lot of joy. It was, again, a very joyful podium. Very nice. Very nice. Well, what's going on with Shukvastan? Okay. So Team Schuster in curling will be facing Denmark in the last round robin session. And then also tomorrow... Devin Logan will be competing in women's free ski halfpipe qualification. That will be on late, very late Wednesday night here in the United States, All even right. though it's actually Thursday in China. Well, we are looking forward to that and seeing Devin compete once again. And we'd like to thank today's Kickstarter location scouts, Annie Roberts and Daniela Donnelly. And we'd also like to thank our beautiful mascot for this week, Millie. And Millie, I could really use a nice little puppy hot water heater to snuggle with and keep me warm during my naps. (laughs) I know she would like that. And she's the perfect size. She is. She could 
tuck in right here. I could cuddle with her. And you know, she's still got that puppy hair. Mm -hmm. So she's super, super soft. Very, very cute. Thank you, Millie, for being our mascot. And that will do it for this episode. Tune in again tomorrow for another day of competition here from Beijing. And celebrate the games with us on our Keep the Flame Alive Facebook group. It's the place to hang out with us and our other listeners. Jill is on Twitter and I am on Insta. Both are at Flame Alive Pod. You can email us at flamealivepod at gmail.com or call or text us at 208-352-6348. That's 208-FLAME-IT. We will catch you back here tomorrow. I think this is the longest that the magical hour has lasted I think, because they're still going. So I think maybe we need to do the over-under on how long the magical hour of vacuuming lasts every night. So um, I can't see him, but I can hear him. So we will catch you back here tomorrow. Thank you so much for listening. And until then, keep the flame alive. Tough position to start in, but you had a good leg. Um, I How do you feel? disagree okay. that I had a good leg. Okay. Um, I shot poorly in prone, okay. and then I shot really poorly in standing. Um, so just one of my worst relays in the last oh, several no. years. And, and just another terrible race to finish off a really disappointing Olympic. So um, I'm really excited that this is almost over and okay. I can be done soon. And I was uh, kind of dreading coming here after a really, really, really tough experience at the last Olympics. And these were definitely just as hard. Okay. Um, I'm I glad that I had one good race in the mixed relay, but um, really, really ready to put this all behind me and never think about it again. Okay, that sounds Thanks. good. Thanks, Claire. Sorry.